I, I suspect at, at some point over the last several weeks, maybe it'll be tomorrow, someone in your life has done something special for you over this holiday season. Something has happened, something has been done for you, which is evidence that, that there is somebody who cares about you. They, they've been thinking about you. They, they've gone above and beyond. They've tried extra hard. They've, they've spared no expense to make sure your Christmas is special. Maybe it was just one of those Christmas cards we get so many of, but, but one of them had a note written for you to let you know that you are loved, that you are missed, that this person wants you to have a special Christmas. Maybe somebody made for you your favorite Christmas casserole, or maybe it's your favorite Christmas dessert just because they knew that you love it. Or maybe it's one of those presents under the tree that, that you've been shaking trying to figure out what it is. It's that gift that they worked extra hard to find for you or to make for you or to spend money to buy for you so you would know that you were loved. So this Christmas would be extra special just for you. I mean, Christmas does that. It, in, it inspires us. At Christmas, we tend to be more generous. We tend to be more extravagant. We tend to, to, to do more, offer more, give more. We decorate more. We, we, we don't cook year-round, but we bake like crazy at Christmas. How many parties have you been to in the last several weeks? How many gifts have you exchanged? How many gifts have you received? Right? Now, some of those things are just obligations, right? It, it's, it's the thing you do at the office. It's the thing you buy for your kid's teacher. It's just, it's obligatory this time of year. But I'm willing to bet, if you think about it, the, the bulk of your effort, the bulk of your thinking, the bulk of your spending even is for the people you love the most, the people that you care about the most, that you want to do as much as you possibly can to make sure their Christmas is special. To Christmas, we discover how much people love us and want the best for us. Isn't that true? Haven't you experienced that this Christmas and in Christmases past? Haven't you tried to do that for someone else? I was once asked the question, what's your favorite thing about God? Isn't that an interesting question? What's your favorite thing about God? They, they, they meant of the qualities of God, and God has many. God's all-powerful and all-knowing and always present and, and good and faithful and loving. But what is, your, what is your favorite thing about God? I'll tell you tonight, my favorite thing tonight and when I answer that question is the same. My favorite thing about God is that I know for a fact God is for us. 
When I say God is for us, I mean that that God is in your corner. That God's got your back. That God is a fan of you. That God wants the very best for you. God is for us. And I know no clearer example, no, no more proof than that Jesus is God's son sent to show us that God is for us. That's what Christmas is all about. The reminder that God sent a savior because in God's heart we're worth saving. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him won't perish but will have eternal life. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. John 3, 16 and 17. This is love. It is not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the sacrifice that deals with our sins. 1 John 4, 10. This is the message of Christmas. The first Christmas Tonight, every Christmas between, God is for us. Scripture tells us this over and over, especially this time of year. In a dark time, the prophet Isaiah said, for us, a child is born. For us, a son is given. A group of shepherds got the night shift working out in the field and all of a sudden angels appeared saying, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born for you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Though not necessarily talking about Christmas, the apostle Paul once asked, if God is for us, knowing that he is, who's against us? And probably the most important theological statement outside of the Bible is the Nicene Creed, and it says, for us, for us, and for our salvation, he, Jesus, came down from heaven. He became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made human. I mean, just over and over and over, Scripture tells us that God is for us. God wants the best for us. God is on our side. God is hopelessly biased in our favor, bent in our direction. That God isn't objective or impartial when it comes to us. He's crazy about us. God is for us. And he's demonstrated that for us in tangible form in the flesh of a little baby, born in a barn, laid in a manger. God is for us. Let me ask you, is that that how you think of God? Do you think of God as being for you? I hope so, but but when I hear people talk, I'm not always sure. Sometimes when people talk about God, it it makes God sound like sort of a, a trickster. Like God likes to play games with our lives. Or other times when I, I hear people talk, 
when something bad happens, they, they blame it on God. Oh, God did that to me. Like as though God is mean in some way. Others seem to believe in an angry God. It's always right on the tipping point. Others also believe that God is biased, but, but maybe just biased for them and hates everybody else. Others seem to believe in a punishing God. And still others in a God that just doesn't seem to care at all. I want to tell you tonight, friends, that's not the God I know. That's not the God that the Bible describes. And that's certainly not the God we talk about at Christmas. That is not the God I see in the story of this baby born of a virgin laid in a manger. The God of scripture is a God who's for you. He's not waiting for you to get your act together. He isn't waiting for you to to jump through the right hoops. He isn't holding back until he feels like doing for you. In fact, before you and I were ever born, the birth of his son proves that God was already inclined to do good for you. And the Christmas story proves that it's not just me and it's not just you, but that God did this for everyone. When God chose parents for his own son, he chose Mary and Joseph, just common country people. You ever felt common before? Isaiah said that that it was to the people walking in darkness that a light has shined. Darkness, of course, is a metaphor for anyone who's struggling and feels far from God. Have you ever experienced darkness? The very first to hear the good news of his birth were shepherds, the lowliest of profession, the least important, the least significant people, not royalty, not religious people, not rich people, shepherds. Have you ever felt unimportant, insignificant? Jesus, of course, was born in a barn, not not in a hospital, not in a medical facility, not in the comforts of, of a home, not with the aid of medical professionals. He was born into filth and mess and stink. Have you ever had a mess in your life. And then almost immediately upon his birth, Mary and Joseph had to rush him to Egypt to protect his life, where he would be a foreign minority, refugee, an outsider. Have you ever been an outsider? This Savior came for all of us, showing us that God is for all of us. And this child born of common parents who came into our darkness, who, who was announced to insignificant shepherds, who, who entered into our mess, we say that he is God with us, Emmanuel. No matter who you are, this Savior's birth is for you, no exception. No exceptions. In the hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, there's a line that says, 
Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings, mild he lays his glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. How how can anyone be more for us than that? How could the creator of the world be more for us than to become the created? How could he possibly demonstrate his love for us any better than to send his own beloved son? How much more can he show you that he's for you than to promise to save you and raise you? God is for us. Some of you knew my father. His name was Clark. He passed a few years ago. One of my dad's uh, unique personality traits was that he loved to quote old songs, songs that most of us have never heard of, but somehow he knew the lyrics to. He also had a a wealth of poems that he loved to quote. Uh, And so just in the midst of any conversation, something would trigger in his mind and he'd start reciting this this song lyric or this, this poem. The problem was he could start them, but he could never finish them because he was also very sentimental. And so he'd get to a certain point and he'd be choked up and crying. It happened every single time you knew it was coming. Well, one of the traditions in our house was when when my children were very small and I was working on Christmas Eve, my dad was asked to read How the Grinch Stole Christmas before they went to bed. And this became an annual tradition. And we quickly realized that there was a particular page every Christmas Eve that he would get choked up and start crying. It happened every year. Well, after the kids were were older and didn't need to be put to bed and and my father had advanced Alzheimer's, he he didn't remember the story anymore. It was brand new to him, but he still would read it. and, And we knew that when we got to that page, he'd have the same response, except it was new for him. You, you know the story of the Grinch, don't you? The Grinch hated Christmas. He wasn't for Christmas. He, he hated how much the, the Who's down in Whoville loved their Christmas. He, he wasn't for the, the Who's either. And so he plotted and, and made the decision that on Christmas Eve, he would go down late at night and he would steal Christmas from those poor Who's. He went in and he stole all the decorations, he stole all the gifts, and and he waited for morning, knowing that as soon as they woke up, he would hear crying because he had ruined Christmas. The Grinch said, they're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a moment or two. Then the Who's down in Whoville will all cry, boo-hoo. That's not the part where he cried yet. (laughs) But you know how it goes, right? 
The Grinch is listening, he's waiting, but, but as the sun comes up, instead of boohooing, he hears singing. And here's where it comes. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons, it came without tags, it came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Oh, Dad was crying at this point. (laughs) What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more? It does. It means a lot more. More than just the the special dessert somebody made for you, though that means a lot. More than that card that somebody wrote for you, and that means a lot. More more than that gift you're going to open in the morning, and that means a lot. Christmas means that God is for us. And what could mean more than that? Let us pray. And so God, I pray that that the person who needed to hear that the, the most tonight heard it. That God is for you. And Lord, I pray for the person who, who thinks they already knew it, but maybe needed to hear it again. God is for you. Remind us all, Lord. Remind us tonight, remind us in the morning, remind us when life seems too dark. Remind us that you're for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.